Troops, we're live. It's another Eagle podcast, and I'm joined tonight by a lawyer, an entrepreneur, a personal trainer, uh, someone with a fantastic Instagram account who puts out a really good message um, about work-life balance, and that's where I first saw her stuff. Um, so I'm pleased to welcome onto the show uh, Lucy Fitness. Lucy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hi, thanks so much for inviting me. I'm so excited to be on to chat to everyone tonight. Oh no, it's it's brilliant. And um, straight away, one thing that sort of caught my eye when I was sort of looking at your profile for the first time, um, it was one of those things where I was like, "Hang on, is that six marathons in five days?" You know, when you did that, like I did like upside down maths, and I was like, <laughs> "Is that like one of those weird like?" <laughs> oh, right, okay. So no, you read it right. Yeah, talk us through that process because that's impressive. Yeah, so last October, actually started on my birthday, but October, beginning of October, I ran six marathons in five days across the Jordanian desert. And even when I say it, even now, like I still cannot believe I did it. Um, and I suppose there's like, there's a big backstory to it in the sense that I loved running and I still love running. Um, and I sort of realized that because as, as you just introduced, I work full time. I'm a lawyer. Yeah. I, I did my first marathon, got a brilliant time, sub four, like surprised myself. And then tried to beat myself and couldn't. And then tried again and couldn't. And I, just because I couldn't, I just couldn't dedicate the time. I just couldn't prioritize it. I was prioritizing other things, which is fine. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, well, what am I going to do? Like, I don't want to just be not letting myself down, but doing these events and getting slower and getting older like we do. And some, I met somebody and then she said, I'm putting together a team. Do you want to come out? It's a, a women's own team. Um, do you want to come out to Jordanian Desert and do this event? And I just said, yeah. And it just was like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. And then was like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? Um, and I don't know if you know much about ultramarathons because I definitely didn't before I started. But what drew me to it was that she told me that 8% of marathon uh, ultramarathon competitors are women so just eight percent of the whole field in all races are women and I just thought that's really sad and it's for a number of reasons but a lot of it's to do with like childcare and training and yeah. women not believing that they can um so I just thought well I don't know if I can but I'm gonna go and give it a bloody good go so um I had a really big learning curve oh my god um so had a crash course in like nutrition, did some terrible runs, um, hadn't really realized that I didn't know anything about nutrition and fueling running until I went out and had the best time of my life. Like it was incredible. Like people, loads of people have said to me, did you like, was it rubbish? Did you hate it? You must have hated parts of it. I just kept thinking. I would be at my desk normally. I'd be at work. So I work full time, just like I'm sure a lot of your listeners do. Yeah. Um, and I took that as a week's annual leave. So I just went out and I just thought, I'm going to have this incredible like experience, whatever happens. Like to even, I kind of, I wanted to do it, but I did also think if it all goes wrong, I, I've given it a go. Do you know, I was like proud of myself for trying. That's a fair point. Um, so went out there and it was unbelievable. Like you can't explain Like Obviously running through a desert sounds crap, doesn't it? Like most people sit by a beach or like by a pool on their, on their holidays. And I 
just we got up in the mornings like it was 3 a.m 4 a.m call time because that's when it was cooler yeah and um yeah there was like the atmosphere was incredible like on a really long day so it was 250 250 kilometers over five days but you didn't just do 25 kilometers you like did most a marathon, a marathon and a half, like a two marathons. So they like changed the distance as the week went on. Yeah. Um, so you got the whole distance in. And on a really long day, we set off about 3.30. Right. Okay. And it was like, it wasn't like a rave. Like I'm not going to pretend it was a rave, but we had all these like glow sticks and you put them in your backpack. So it, cause you couldn't see because it's obviously yeah. pitch black in the desert. And we just set off running in the dark and like, it's hard to explain but I'm trying to and it just oh, no, you, you can hear the you can hear it in your voice the the excitement and it, it sounds like uh, an amazing adventure and it's one thing that you'll have for you know for the rest of your life and um I know sort of a little bit about um trail running I'm very lucky here in the northeast we have a series called the hard mowers yeah um I don't know if you know about the hard mowers but um it's a unique um trail running series um 110 miles 200 miles um, wow. around the north yorkshire river coastline and um sort of there's a woman just sort of uh won one of the big races um and hopefully she's going to be coming on the show soon and you've got the likes of fiona rokes who is a is a top runner um, yeah. and the, the guys who i've had on the show who are really good runners say that when women really um dial it in they become better long distance runners than men because physiologically they're more suited to long distance. Mm. Um, obviously, naturally, a lighter frame, great, great cardio, core, and all of these great attributes. And sort of that's why when women really dial it in, they become such such excellent um, trail fell runners, ultra marathon runners. Um, and that's come from sort of. Uh, uh, John Steele, who's the founder of the Hard Mowers, he, he, he said he's seen such a big leap in, in women's ultra-long distance running now, where they are now um, overtaking the very best men. Um, so Yeah, and that's exciting, but I don't, I think for me, like, I, you may know this, you may have seen this, I just try, like, I'm, being the best would be amazing, but almost like, I know I'm not going to be the best. I didn't go out there, like, to finish for me would be amazing. And like, it's been so interesting as well, because you know, like with American people saying like, I even, I even just noticed myself, like, like you say your time because that's what you do. You sort of like, what time did you get if you've done the marathon? Nobody even cares about the time. I don't even know what time it was that I ran this in. And it's almost like about, for me, it's not necessarily being the best. I mean, that, that is good. Like I do want to achieve things, I do set targets, but it's almost about, just like pushing myself, like going further than I'd ever gone. I knew I, I know I can't at the moment prioritize to try and go faster, but to go further and to do more. And I was just interested to see like what my body would do on that long day. Yeah. And could it keep going and to get it's it's all about the mind. It's like to convince getting your mind on board. And even some incredible, like really fit athletes were struggling and it was the heat like was affecting you know, the um as I say, nutrition and what you could eat because we were carrying all our food. Um, yeah, it was just amazing. And also, like, to support other people as well when you see yeah. people out on the trail. To It was not for me about a race, like, to overtake people. We'd stop yeah. and chat and just, like, one corner. So um, one morning, 
I was with my friend Emily, who I'd not really even met before I went out there. So I, I went on this pretty much not knowing anyone. I'd been on like one day where we'd like met people. Yeah. And so I did not, but Emily wasn't on that. Anyway, we running with Emily because we were about the same pace and we were the front of the slow group. So we were the first people out one morning, very first people. And the sun was just rising and we went around a corner and we saw six camels just galloping along. Oh, and I was just like, this, this is amazing. This is life. Like, I wasn't running fast. I wasn't achieving yeah. anything. Do you know, like, I didn't get a medal or anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was just that moment. It's just so amazing. And I think we put so much pressure on ourselves, especially when you see people doing stuff on social media. And I think sometimes I can be guilty of this because I've, like, you show parts of what you're doing. Yeah. But it's not necessarily about, like, yeah, get to the top of a mountain or do learn a new skill or whatever, but actually enjoying doing what you're doing on the way there as well. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. So I suppose the hardest part for you was saying yes to doing this event. I suppose everything after that, once that initial commitment had come in, then everything else just sort of flows, doesn't it then? Um, yeah, and it's scary. And there's that bit as well, like, don't get me wrong, it's not a linear thing. It's not like you can say, shall I, shall I, and then you're just 100% on board and you're like, yes, I know I can do this now. Yeah. I said yes, I did say yes quite quickly, but then there's like a self-doubt and then I start, and I don't know, and I'd imagine other people do it as well, but I call her the mean girl in my head. I don't know if you've heard me talk about this before. Um, and there's like a voice in your head, like not in a weird way, but just there's a voice in my head that's sort of the one that says you can't tell you you can't do things. Yeah. And like... Sometimes she's really noisy and she's just like, you can hear it going, you can't do this, you're not good enough, you're not going to be able to do this. And there is, it's, I guess it's like a conscious in a way, conscious in a way, telling you you can't do something. I think everybody has that, yeah. but it's learning the skills. And I didn't have that before. And I realized through other adventures and other things that I've done, I've honed in on working out how to give myself a mantra like that. I, I, I say all the time, I can and I am, I can and I am, and I tell myself I can do things because I've realised that when I tell myself I can't, I pretty much, I don't. And I can, I, you can talk yourself out of anything, can't you? Yeah, um, I say to people who come out with me, the hardest part is turning up in the car park. Yeah. The yeah. Part. And especially if you're meeting people for the first time, because we, I don't know where it's come from, but people are... I don't want to be the unfittest. I don't want to be, you know, what happens if everyone's already friends and I don't fit in? What happens if I don't have the best gear on? What happens if this... And what people do is they talk themselves out of what potentially could be the day that they think, oh, I've really found something that I love. Um, yeah, and it's, it's fear of failure. And as you say, fear of looking stupid. And sometimes a really beneficial exercise, I find, so if you're listening and you are new to doing this kind of thing, you want to go on an adventure is I go through those scenarios in my head. Yeah. So like I go through, so like, as you say, so you're turning up in a car park to go on an adventure in a group. Imagine you are in all the wrong kit. Who cares? Like, imagine you are the one that's a bit overweight and everyone else, right? I've been to events before. I was really lucky to be invited by Meryl um, to their event, one of their oh, events. Nice. And I turned up and all of the, like, um, European team were there and they were all like, so huge like all of their ambassadors and they're like 10 times bigger than me rippling muscles like looked incredible and I'm sure people must just look at me as well like I get it and people just think oh 
like blonde blonde girl or privileged like white girl I think that's sometimes in groups that I'm in people think oh you're a lawyer you can't do it so already I do have those voices everybody's thing is different but so what I'm there and I'll cheer people on and I motivate like a Chinese bag and I'll say come on guys we're going to do this and everyone's got a part in a team whether you're going to be the person that's got the fun stories or if you're going to be the person that it's going to help someone else along. Take sweets. If you go on adventures with people, like take snacks, be the snack person. Like yeah, you will have something to offer. But I think working through those things of like, well, what are the scenarios? Oh, well, what if I've forgotten something? Well make, well, make sure you don't. Like work through your kit list. Make sure you don't forget things. Like you can, you can put yourself in a really great position before you get there. And if you work through it and you think, Okay, well, I might be at the back, but like I guess in like your expeditions and things, you're never going to leave anyone behind, and someone has to be at the back. Yeah. Like, someone always is. Um, she won't mind me saying this. Um, I, I had my first ever CrossFitter turn up yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. Now, she's a dedicated uh, woman. She does a CrossFit. She's always super active. I see her all the time on her social media. But I told her, this is, this is completely different today. Hiking up Scarfell Pike from the Langdales is a million miles removed from doing a ski erg or an assault bike. Yes, those things help, but you're going to be using different muscles and you've got all these unknown elements which do affect. And, and she dug in and she put a shift in, but, you know, she was like, you know, I'm, I'm a bit disappointed in myself that I was at, at the back. Now, I think that's her inner CrossFitter, sort of, you know, that really uh, sort of competitiveness. But I've just said to her, look, Everyone who comes out with me, they've been coming out a long time and this yeah. is now their bread and butter. But like you said, I, I never leave anyone behind and, and, and I do well to rotate through and encourage and, and sort of you know, manage, manage the group. But everyone has to have that first time. Everyone they has do. to have that and time. Sometimes that's like a, a thing though, isn't it? Like I've read, so when I was doing Kilimanjaro, I climbed Kilimanjaro and that was my first time at doing anything really like yeah. this. Um, I can tell you a bit more about how I got into it all, but... Um, we we were out and we were doing that and I'd read loads of stuff before and you'll know about Kilimanjaro like um, about the altitude yeah. and the altitude can affect anybody it doesn't matter how fit you are yeah, yeah absolutely and so people kept saying to me when I told them I was going to do it they're like oh you're really fit you'll get to the top or you'll ace it and I just kind of smiled like oh my god I'm under so much pressure um but yeah and everyone kept saying it'd be great and everything I read said actually the people who are a bit less fit do well because they don't press on and push on and often like groups that are just full of like young they did say young males but the insects yeah. but they said the people who are full of young males those groups don't always summit because they blow up too quickly and they all drive each other on whereas in my group again I did something it was completely by myself didn't know anyone until I arrived there wow. and uh, yeah just was in it with a with a group and people, some people were at the back and I found the walking slow really hard and that for me was something that I had to quickly get, get like, you have to do it. You can't walk fast. They don't let you walk fast and let you acclimatize. Um, and I found that really difficult. Like the first couple of days was my, one of the hardest days to slow down, stop racing off. And then I loved it. It was amazing because instead of just being like, right, I'm the fastest, I'm the fastest, I can get there before anyone else. Yeah. I just s- slowed down, took in the scenery yeah. Like to met people, chatted to them, learn about their lives, and just yeah. met some incredible people rather than just rushing off. And I think that's when I first realised that 
being outside and adventure is absolutely life changing. And you're not like it's all a lot of it. I know obviously something like Kilimanjaro isn't free, but you know, when you're saying like Scarborough yeah. Pike, yeah. you go out and do the great outdoors, and it doesn't have to cost you tens of thousands of pounds. It's not like you're climbing Everest. No, um, absolutely. And I believe that to have an adventure, you can have an adventure anywhere. If, if that's a lowland adventure, if it's a coastal, if it's in the mountains, wherever it is. But I also believe that. We, we used to, we, we came from the outdoors, caveman, cavewoman. We, we came from that environment. We were very comfortable in it. And what we've done in, as, as time has gone on, we've become more uncomfortable with it. And we should learn to re-embrace the outdoors because that's where we came from. And that's where we most feel it, you know, in nature and, and being surrounded by beautiful scenery. Um, not, not in the rat race that is social media in nine to five jobs and sort of, putting pressure on ourselves to look a certain way, to act a certain way, to, to, to want to belong to something. Um, there's a lot of pressures, and, I, and I'll come on to it now, um, because you posted something the other day, which I thought was bang on, about people giving out dietary advice, fitness advice, who realistically shouldn't be doing that, but because they're being paid by a company to do it, they, they feel because they've got a social influence that they, sh- you know, they should say, oh, um, drink this shake and you lose weight and do this and do that. And it's, it's one thing that I sort of, I have a real problem with it because it's false, isn't it? And, and, it, and it's sending a bad message, especially, I don't know, I feel like young women are more, um, I don't want to say easily led, but maybe a bloke can sort of get away with it a little bit more. Um, where women, it's, it's, you know, from the magazines, it's all very, very targeted, isn't it? It's hard and it just... I think well, this is something we have chatted about before online, isn't it? That we, I'm just, I'm sick of it. Like, I'm sick of the message. I'm sick. Like, if, I, if I'm ever looking after our children and I have a daughter, I hope yeah. she never cares about, like, what she looks like. And I'll um, touch on it in that I know, like, just growing up, I was so worried. And I spent so much time worrying about what I looked like and training to lose weight or to get a six-pack. And it just is so irrelevant. And you can't, almost that, that worry about what you look like and how you feel and and it, and like whether your body is correct to social um social norms and the pressure that society puts on us it's such a waste of like mind space when you could just be thinking about so many more incredible things and using it to achieve so much more and when I stopped mm. training for aesthetic goals and actually concentrated on like how am I going to get to the top of the mountain that's what really you sort of see a passion and you sort of, you get results then because you're training for something way better. And I tell you for now, I've climbed Kilimanjaro, I've hiked in the Arctic Circle, I've wow. cycled London to Paris in 24 hours, I've run marathons, I've run in the desert. Not one time have I ever been like, hang on a second, let me just check and see if I've got a six pack or where's my thigh gap? Like, oh, I had to have those to get there. Like, you don't need that stuff. And yeah. people who are peddling that, people are sick of it on social media. Like, like the general public, I do believe there's a turn in that people, people can see it. Um, but yeah, people who are influencers, let's say, or yeah. celebrities that, that sort of share all that stuff, they're doing their best to regulate the industry. There, there is regulation in the industry now, but that was also as well why I wanted to get a personal training qualification. Yeah. So my social media account started about five or six years ago, and I just used it myself yeah. as, a, as a weight loss tool. So in like 
I won't be, um, won't say it wasn't for that. I was just eating terribly. I was just qualified as a lawyer and was kind of getting everything together and I was using it to motivate myself to lose weight because I was just eating terribly. And um, opportunities came up and like the account grew and grew. And then people were asking me for advice and they were saying, Lucy, how do I do this? And how do I lose weight? And how did this happen? And although I did know because I had been in a gym and I was confident that I was giving the right advice, I'd always not give advice. And I was really worried about sharing workouts and things because even now like you can see people they do workouts and it's like do 10 burpees and 10 squats and 10 alternating lunges and i think why you've got to tell people why like what are they training what are they doing it for but i was really conscious not to share stuff till i had a personal training qualification and then when i'd got the qualification i then didn't want to teach anyone or give any advice online if i wasn't still training in person so I now teach uh, one set of classes so like five classes and have some online um women that I, tra- that I train as well yeah, yeah. Um, and I do that but it's also to keep my hand in because I feel like you can't you can't be like saying well you're a personal trainer or you've got this qualification if you never then train anyone and you just yeah, yeah. put in together funny little workouts on Instagram and Instagram isn't real life like I think you- forget that don't they they see stuff and people live their lives on it um you, you, you're totally right um and sort of going back to what you said um i had the privilege i'm a part of a thing called uh, VOC, which stands for veteran owned uk yeah. so um i was privileged to be invited down to london um a few weeks ago to facebook hosted an event about how to you know, um, build community, advertise, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And one thing they were sort of heavily pushing, and it was from the very, very top, is they want to get rid of um, likes and following, unfollowing things because yeah. they feel like it is creating the wrong message. And if you're an account holder, you can see your analytics, but they want to remove this. Um, they've, they've started calling it like... like a, just to gain likes, like likes matter. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, how many And they do, and it's, it's sad because like I fall into the trap because I've heard as well that Instagram, I mean, no Facebook and Instagram are owned by the same people, but um, I've heard that they're talking about getting rid of likes. Yeah. But it's really hard. Like I'll put something, I'll put something on um, online and it won't do very well, especially like at the moment, something can just absolutely flop. And you think, I've worked really hard to put that together. And it always is on sponsored posts as well. It doesn't matter how... Yeah. many likes you'd normally get he have a sponsored post when you're working with brands people just automatically kind of go oh she's obviously being paid to say what she's being paid to say um and that's why you're doing it and it is really sad you know like you think that's really upsetting if something doesn't get likes but then it can be really interesting because just because then you, other people looking at it might think well that's a rubbish person nobody's liked it well you might get 10 people send you a direct message saying oh my gosh this is this means so much. I totally understand what you mean. Yeah. I really resonate with that. So it's just all it doesn't mean other it doesn't mean anything. It's all numbers and I it worries me sometimes that people might like look back and say five years time and think, oh my God, I wasted ten years of my life on a social media channel, which if it didn't exist, would you still do what you're doing? Like you do all of your stuff. You're what you're doing is you're going outside and you're doing the adventures and you're just documenting it yeah. to inspire people. But there are people, I've been in a situation where there's people and you go to these events and like 
people from the outside are seeing one bit and you're stood there and like nobody speaks to each other sometimes at these events like yeah. the irony is that then nobody is social because they don't they don't chat yeah. so like you get there and obviously you kind of know who people are but you've never met them yeah. nobody will come forward and say um hi i'm lucy like i i always do that but other people don't and it's really awkward and then they're like creating like a perfect setup for something and just creating the perfect picture which isn't real and it's just you just think oh god i don't know you and some people love social media but and i like it for the for the opportunity to inspire people but then sometimes i think what are we doing yeah look i, I think it's um it certainly isn't going anywhere um but from from the message that that i got from from that seminar is they are going to drastically sort of make some big changes in the next six months to a year um, with social media, Facebook, Instagram. And the, you're right, you, you, you can attract uh, negativity really, really. It's hard to build a community. And it's hard to get people to engage with you in a, in a positive way. But I tell you what, if you want to pick a fight, <laughs> just, just like that. Um, I don't know if you saw it. I had a new promotion video done now. What, what I do is, is, is very driven towards challenges and sort of um, going past comfort zones. And that is the message that I put out constantly. That's what I put out. Um, and someone accused me, someone who I've never met, of glamorizing war. And I was like, wow, that is the most ridiculous statement from we've never met. But you've watched a 30-second video and gone, that lad there is glamorizing war. And I just thought, what? <laughs> People must just sit there and just wait for something to pop up and go, right, I'm going to say something completely ridiculous. And you create that much of a buzz around the post that the administrator removed the post. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought, wow. I've got to, I, I say to people, um, if you don't like something, just scroll past it. Yeah. You know? Definitely. Or just don't follow people. And that's that's the weird thing is I think that we just do have this focus and that's why like I think it is really important that like we don't focus too much on social media or we're really careful with who we're following and that we're following inspiring people. Like that's I found your um your social channel and I just loved it and I was like you when you say boots on bag on crack on and I was like, Yes, <laughs> definitely. Like I love that. And just just get on with it, just do it, just get outside and have fun and Whereas there's so many people and they, they're the people that do have the big brand deals and they do get the opportunity, but a lot of it's just curated. And it's, it's also really sad as well. And it's a lot harder than people think trying to create all that stuff and reshooting things and sending it. Wow. And people think, oh, you work with a brand and you'll get paid loads. Often people don't get paid anything and it's just free gear, which is, which is great as well. Yeah. But it's like, you have to send it back so many times and they say, no, can you do this? And can you reword it? And it's, yeah, it's all all contract well a lot of it is contrived um but yeah i'm not sure whether that's inspired no no like it, it's great but sort of i i molded through 10 years in the military like 10 years in the army it's molded me into the person i am now and i'm very lucky that i've met some um really sort of um sad major type blokes who were very very sort of in your face always had funny one-liners everything that i use is because i've heard it in a previous life do you know what i'm saying like the boots on bag on crack on thing came from um loads of different sort of instructors in my time in the army 
that was one of the sayings, like, oh, things are getting tougher there. Well, guess what? Do you know what I mean? We just have to keep on going. Um, yeah, because I heard you talking as well about, um, <laughs> about did you say something about poor admin because you hadn't talked about your salt intake right? And yeah. I thought that's hilarious because that happened to me, um, like, like with the training and just couldn't get enough salt in and you suddenly you realise like it's a learning curve. But I just loved it. Yeah. It's like, poor admin, like just, <laughs> yeah. It's that kind of stuff and that's the thing, isn't it? Social media, great as a tool for inspiration. Like, find people like you who do amazing things, have companies that are going to take you to the next level um, with your adventures and things, but then but then use it for that, but don't try and, like, not make it a whole. I try to um, sort of, if my channel is me, my persona is maybe turned up a couple of notches, um, like, a, like a wrestler, like a WWF wrestler, you know, like a... a an on-stage performer, so it's torn up a bit. But I am very, very keen on the person who you see online is the same guy you meet in the car park. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So it's not like, well, and I have met people like this where it's like, well, that's not the same person because that's that guy's a timid mouse. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? That's not the same persona that's giving it the big time on social media about um, accountability 24-7. Um, and going back to what you said, like the salt thing, everything... I always just say, just take ownership of absolutely everything and then you, everything's cool. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh. But then, yeah, and do that with your life as well, though. And that's what I think I've realised in that I was not doing that. I'd done the tick list. Do you know, like, I've got the good job, the good job. Do you know, like, yeah. that my parents wanted me to get. I'd gone to university. I'd trained to be a lawyer. I'd done it. I'd got the job. And then I was bloody miserable. And it was horrible. I was I was having the worst time, and I was just like, I remember getting to the point where I thought I'd made it, like what I what I wanted to achieve and and where I was. And I sat there one day, and I just thought, is this it? And I'd created the life that I wanted, like I'd done it, like I'd been intentional. As you say, it's on your own back, and I'd done it. But I just thought, this is this is rubbish. Like I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. Like, yeah. what is this all about? And then, and then I thought, what do I actually want to do? And I'd always had this idea of climbing Kilimanjaro. And then I'd, I said to a few friends, shall we go do it? And they said yes. And um, for various different reasons, they didn't end up doing it. And they didn't. I just I said, right, let's do it. And I booked, um, booked with a tour company. And I just got it booked. Got was committed. And they didn't. And actually, in a way, it was amazing that I, that I did it by myself. Because I yeah, think I really Yeah, at that time in my life, to just show that I could do it. And I didn't need anybody else. I didn't need a friend or a boyfriend at the time. Like, I didn't need anybody to do it. I yeah, just yeah. went and did it. And it was one of the hardest things I've ever done. Um, but now it is. It's one that it was the turning point. And all, and all I did was book a trip. Like, I, hadn't, wow. I still haven't climbed Ben Nevis. I know that's really bad, but I hadn't climbed Snowdon. I hadn't climbed anything big. Like, I hadn't done Scarfell. I hadn't, I wasn't, I just was someone who wanted to do a lot. Like, I was sporty and I was fit and healthy. Yeah. And I'd got a real passion. But what I'm trying to say is you don't have to have been born into a family. I know lots of, there are people in the country who are born into sort of a life where they do this with their family and their parents. And that wasn't me. Like, I just went to normal like clubs and things and dance yeah, yeah. dancing like I wasn't I didn't do anything like bushcraft or anything like that I didn't know anything and all these skills I was it was my 30th birthday when I did that so a couple of years ago and I went off and did that and that you can start whenever 
if you're sitting here thinking, oh, I'm too old to start, you know, if you're thinking, I don't have enough money, I did it through a park fundraised like um, thing. And actually, because it was my birthday, I said to people, look, if you would have gone to the pub and bought me a drink, put that in the pot, put that in the sponsorship pot. So I did it for a local Sheffield ch- charity. Um, and they sponsored half my thing as well. But we raised so much money because people will sponsor you for that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And so that helped me fund it. I kept the kit as limited as I could, but with like good shoes. Yeah. Didn't at this point I wasn't getting all the all the gear and stuff through social media stuff. I was paying for it out my own pocket and just working out what I could could have and what I could get by without. And I climbed in a pair of just regular shorts, just regular like everyday cotton shorts I was wearing at the start um, for the lower part because they were comfy. You don't have to have it all, and I think we put excuses up don't we we put barriers i don't have time uh, yeah you don't have time you don't have money you don't but it's about priorities it's about how much do you really want it you know that's a great point and i always and, and see if you agree with this there is always money for destruction but there's never money for development that's what i say to people like yeah. there's always money for drinking for drugs for party for lavish cars that you don't need for big holidays that you don't really need to go on um or oh, deserve it or it's a treat or it's this like mm, let's talk about the word deserve uh and you know people say to me oh um oh i'd come but like it's it's a bit much isn't it i'm like well what 40 quid for a day out like either you need a better job or you need to prioritize what you're doing with your life because um you know People go out, and I used to be the same. Used to go out drinking and spend, you know, a lot of money on the drink. Um, and it was only that moment where, like, a snap, where it's like, okay, this needs to change. But you're right. Um, excuses, stories. Oh, I was going to do it, but da 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 da. And we've got to do this, and you know, we've got to go to the tip, and all these things that people say. Yeah, but you just kind of need to say to yourself. I say when people say that, I say, stop saying that. Just change it around and say that's not the priority. And start feeling how that feels when you say that. So if you say, like it's like with healthy living, if you say, I can't go to the gym, that's not a priority, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, and I can't eat well because that's not a priority. And I can't go on an adventure of a lifetime because it's not a priority. And then people, someone said to me as well, they were like, um, oh, of course you can afford adventures because you've got a really great job. Yeah, I am a lawyer, and I'm not going to say I don't have a salary that's like a lawyer, but I also have outgoings and a house and the rest of it, just like everyone else. But something I do do is religiously, every week, I put a little bit of money into an account. I have a different separate account on my like online banking, yeah. and I put a little bit of money in every week, which is a, which is a bit quite a bit to me, but um, it's a bit of money in every week. So it's called Adventure Fund. Yes, and I'm putting that bit in every week. And you can do that. If you can put £5 in, £20 in, even if you can only put in £2 a week, when, like, as in some weeks, you might not have as much as others. But all of a sudden, if you've put in, like, a five a week, that's loads in 52 weeks, isn't it? And that's yeah. how I fund my adventures. By, as you say, you don't have to spend a load of money. It could be 40 quid. Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff is free. But it's actually if you actually come down and think about it it isn't the price that's holding you back it's 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 never the price no it's it's the it's your right it's your priorities of where you are at at the time um it's 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 sort of silly um so as a lawyer 
um, I don't know any lawyers, but I can imagine mm -hmm. it's quite a time-consuming job. Um, and you do that in London, do you? Yeah, so I live just outside of Hertfordshire. Right. But uh, now, so outside of London. Um, yeah, and I do that, work full-time. It is time-consuming. It's hard. But then, like, it was really hard to juggle all the training for the, um, for the ultramarathon. And, like, I didn't do as much as I could have done. But I wanted to do it. You find the time. Like, it was exhausting. I was, I've never been so tired. And I know people have families and that kind of thing. So everyone, everyone has commitments. Where they say, everyone, you can make excuses as well. Um, yeah, it's long hours as a lawyer. But I enjoy it. I do enjoy it. And it is a challenge. And I've thought a lot, like, I'd love to do what you do. What you do sounds amazing. But then I think, at the moment, I think, God, I've worked so hard. I've got to do it for a few years. Because otherwise, I've just worked really hard and done it and then yeah. quit. So, does it, so, obviously, that's a commute to London and back every day. That's a train journey, is it? Um, yeah. And, obviously, London, is, uh, it's not a place I go very, very much. But I do find when I go there, I am like a fish out of water just seems like such a grind, like such a hustle. And when I was there a few weeks ago, um, I was on the tube and I saw I do a lot of people watching and I just thought, do people actually speak to each other anymore? Like, what does it actually take for another human being to turn around and say, how's your day gone? Like, <laughs> no, we never do that. <laughs> up here, like in the Northeast, like we are, it is a really sort of friendly place. and you do find yourself speaking to random strangers and sort of I don't know where that disconnect come from um, it's a shame and I know what you mean because I'm from up there like and all my family's from the northeast. Yeah, and, yeah. and so I know it and I remember I think it was when I'd gone to uni and I was chatting to people and I was like remember, in fact it was something about rubbish as well I'd like you've dropped something but just kind of saying you've dropped something not saying you're dropping rubbish and people and my friends were like no you don't talk to people we don't talk to people down here like it's, that's not the thing it is a different world and I'm definitely not part of that London life but I think some people are and that's fine and that's the thing is I just love leaving London and getting out and like we now live like in the countryside and that's what I live I love so it's close enough to get in but far enough away to go and do stuff and we travel and we do things on the weekend and that's sort of what I try and inspire people to do so I do work full time but I want to inspire people that you can live a life of adventure on the weekend and you can do fun things you can get the overnight sleep up to Scotland you can just get, you can go to Wales you can do things or as you say you don't even have to go far to have an adventure you can just do something fun on, on one day to have an adventure. Yeah, look, absolutely. Um, it's important that we, uh, and I'm stealing this off a friend of mine, which is a brilliant saying, uh, don't live for your nine to five, live for your five to nine. Definitely. Um, and I, Mark, Mark James, shout out, because I love that saying. And when I heard him say it, he has an adventure company. He's actually Mad Dog Adventures. They're not too far from where you are. Um, he's he runs stuff out in sort of um, jungle expeditions and stuff like that. Um, he's a fantastic guy. Um, and it's so important that we don't get, because before we know it, it's, you know, you're heading into your twilight years, you're heading into your 70s, your 80s, your 90s, and you think, have I made the most of it? Have I done what, what, I, what I was here to do? Have I climbed this? Have I done that? Have I reached this goal? You know, it is, it, it, it's, it's very, very... Um, we, we think we're here for a long time, but in, if you look at it overall, we're not. Um, and it could be any time. You might not yeah. even get to those, those digits. Yeah, no, 
what is really going to matter? Someone said this to me at the start of the year as well, and I was struggling to find cover for something, and I was saying, oh, God, like, I need to do this. And then she was saying, like, she said, what's going to matter in five years' time? Like, focus on that and think about that, like, or even, like, I think it's amazing now. So we've got six months left until the end of the year. In six months, it's going to be 2020. Like, imagine what you can be doing then if you start now. Like, imagine if you... Like if people hear this and they think, do you know what, I'm going to go on one of your tours and they'd say, right, I've listened so many times, John, I'm going to go and I'm going to, I'm going to do it this time. And they start small and you can do anything. And I think that's the thing is we, we limit ourselves. We put this stuff on us. We're drowned by social media. It's all such a noise. You just need to put a blinker and just go enough. I want to do this. Like what's my big goal? What, what do I want to do in life? What, what stories do I want to tell? And I think that was a thing for me as well. I realized that, I was so boring. <laughs> like, I was bored of my own story. I had no stories to tell. Like, I, I think I said, if my life was a book, it would have been so boring. I wouldn't have even read it. It was that boring. Like, I hadn't achieved anything. Great, I'd gone to university and I was a lawyer. Boring. Like, yeah. what is that to say? Whereas now I can talk about going to the desert and the people I've met and yeah, no, all the things I've seen. And I'm going to keep creating these stories. That's just a couple of chapters. I've got so many more chapters to write. And I can't wait to put some more stories in there. Yeah, no, it's it, it's amazing. Uh, Lucy, we're absolutely ripping through this. Um, so I'm going to sort of start with how I close down all the shows. Um, Favourite part of the show, really, and the five what's. So the first one is what's the greatest advice you've been given? The greatest advice I've been given has got to be strive to be happy. And that was something my granddad said. And that's because I think all too often we think you just are happy. Like you wake up and everything's, everything should be great. And it's not, you actually have to work at being happy and work at creating a life you love and, and work at it. So yeah, strive to be happy. has got to be, got to be up there. Brilliant. Uh, second, what, what's on your bucket list, personal or business or whatever you family or whatever you want to go for? Yeah. So I don't know. I, I know what's not on it. Like Everest is not on it. And no. so much so that, I just feel like I don't want to die. Um, but yeah, I just, bucket list is to do more adventures with other people. So I've done a lot of stuff and I've come back and told people and I'd really love to get some of my friends out there too. Because although I've said I've, I've developed a lot as a person doing all this by myself, you can't be an adventure with your friends, can you? So trying to get some of my friends out would be just the dream. No, absolutely. That's, that's perfect. Um, number three, What's been your toughest day? It's got to be summit night on Kilimanjaro. Like, I've, okay. heard, I've heard that's particularly brutal. But... I thought I was going to die as well. And like, I didn't think I could do it. Like I'd got this internal sort of monologue going of like, can I do it? Can you do it? Come on, keep going, keep digging deep. We'd, it was at the time of the um, American election when Donald Trump yeah, hadn't yeah. been elected then. It was just yeah. before then. And we'd all planned that we would talk about that, but we couldn't breathe. It was so windy. It was dark and I just kept thinking, come on, keep going. One foot in front of the other, one foot in front of the other. And I'd never been so cold. Like I was wearing all of my clothes and I couldn't get the, couldn't get my gloves off to put more, like those little hotties you can put in your gloves. I couldn't get them off. And I remember standing with my hands out to the guy and he was trying to help me because I'd just gone so numb and they kept, they were taking people down and I was like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. And like I could barely speak. And I just kept going. I was like, keep going, keep going. And you'd look down the mountain and you could see the snake of, of headlights, 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 headlights
put my headphones in and I was sort of ran out like sort of the, the wind and I could hear people in my head, like my family and chatting the way that they do going, come on, Luz, come on, Luz, my friend who calls me Lou, come on, Lou. And I could hear them like telling me to do it. And I just kept thinking of all my friends back at home and what they'd be saying. Just, I had to give that absolutely everything. And yeah, it was the closest I've ever been to, to not being able to do it as well. Like I remember just getting to the top and being really like zigzaggy. I was losing concentration. Like I, I was really struggling. I was starving because you sort of start at just after midnight. Yeah, so you yeah. trek for like seven hours up this dark, windy mountain. But the feeling at the top, it's just, yeah, makes yeah, up. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's fantastic. That's a, um, again, whenever people tell me I'm done, or, or I've had people say, done is a very sort of bit of a weird word because I always say there's always 10 or 15% more when you when you think you're done, mm. so there's another little bit just here waiting. It's almost like you have to commit to saying, "Well, we're uncomfortable, but we're going we're going full steam ahead, further into it." Um, you just keep pushing, but you just you know though you know you're getting closer. Like when yeah. you're that far, you know you're kind of used all the supply, and you're thinking, "Come on, come on, like please just just let this work." And like the sun came up, and that was when I knew I'd done it. Do you know, like. Yeah. That sunrise was, I wasn't even, I wasn't in the dawn at that point, but I just, when I knew, I was like, it's only going to get warmer. Because before I was like, I don't know how much longer I can stay in this cold. Like I couldn't, you know, when your back hurts, like your kidneys are hurting, everything's yeah, tense. Yeah. Um, and like, but then I knew, and then I like said to myself, like, you know, when you start, when you really start to believe you might do something. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's an amazing thing. So uh, this will lead me on. What's been your happiest day? <laughs> One of the best days I ever had was trekking in the Arctic Circle. Um, and we set off from one of the cabins. We were doing like a cabin to cabin route. And we set off from one of the cabins and just ha- carrying all your own stuff for the week. So I'd got this bag that was like bigger than, than me. And I was with my boyfriend and um, two other friends as well. And we were hiking and we just did this fantastic trail. And we got to the top of this bit and it was perfect view. And then we got our snow shovels out. We made this what we call a snowfa because we like dug like a sofa out in the snow, dug all that out, sat and ate all our sandwiches, which we like packed up and took with us in the little cabin. And then we carried on walking and we got to the cabin and I said, we're going to see the Northern Lights tonight. We're going to see them because we hadn't seen them yet on this trip. Um, and then somebody said to us, oh, have you been down to this, that they call it sauna, like a sauna, the traditional Swedish sauna. And I... We were like, no, we haven't been there. Like, you've got to go. You've got to go. It's about to close. And we're like, ah, it's in like 20 minutes. There's no point. We're like, go, go. So we went down to this sauna and managed to convince to let, like, let them let it stay on a bit longer. And like, I don't know if you've ever been to a Swedish sauna, but like, everyone's just naked. Just so me and my friend Ali were like, we're putting our clothes on. We're keeping our like bikinis on. So we'd got them on because we were like, this is kind of weird. Like all these naked people. And everyone was just running out into the snow, like running back in. I got in all the snow to like make it hotter to put it on this fire. It was amazing. And then um, we just, and then I was like, oh no, I've not thought this through at all. I hadn't brought proper clothes down and I had to walk back out in this. I was like, oh God, like my hair is soaking because we hadn't washed it either for days. So all this hot water we put on, we're like, yes, we clean. This is amazing. We've had such a great day trekking. This couldn't get any better. And we were the last ones in this thing and the guy's like, get out. Anyway, so we walked out of the thing, opened the door and oh my God, 
the northern lights were dancing across the sky. And I've never, like, northern lights, when you see a picture, they're, like, two-dimensional, is it? Like, it's flat, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas when we walked out, it was then all above us, and, like, you were, like, in a snow globe of it. And the colours, and it was just purples and greens, and, like, dancing, it was so so amazing and i yeah we were just class. it was so good yeah that's class um fifth and final what what's next for lucy fitness the empire <laughs> the empire i want to inspire more people to get outdoors and to do what they want to do yeah. um or what they want to do from life so i did a little bit of a course called that can and i am before and i had a few people go through that um to really sort of give themselves belief and i'd like to do that a bit more I think like I've got my own a few personal goals like I'd really like to climb Mount, uh, Mont Blanc really yeah, soon cool. that's definitely on the list for like another winter hike and a summit but I think it's about as I said before I really realized that it's about doing things with other people and helping other people so when when I, even if it's just messages of people saying I went out and I did this that's great but just to work with people like I don't what you do every day must be just so amazing I'd love to kind of do that a little bit more myself, just to, to really say, show people you can do it and facilitate that a little bit more. That's that's a passion. Yeah. Go, on, um, go, go, and, go and join the MTA, Mountain Train Association, and go and do your, go and do your summer mountain leader. That's, yeah. That's it. That's it. You know, you'll, you'll already have a lot to put in the logbook because you've done so much anyway. Um, yeah. Hey, what's stopping you? <laughs> you know no, I mean? nothing is. And that's the thing. And I think it's just... Um, trying to work out like the best way to do it and to reach the most people and yeah and just keeping up a positive message really and just to say to people they can I mean having a platform is really it's a really lucky thing to have I think and to just the fact that it can inspire people if it inspires one person if it just inspires one person then that's huge isn't it and you change yeah. someone's life someone messaged me the other day saying I heard what you're saying about jobs and I've Gonna, I'm looking for my new job now that I really want to do that's like my dream job and I was like that's amazing that's really yeah, that's, that's pretty huge yeah I know that's cool um, ladies and gentlemen uh, it's been absolutely fantastic tonight uh, it's been great to have Lucy on um, some things that I sort of picked up on uh, the main girl or the main boy in your head don't listen to them they're, they're no good uh, I can and I am that's a brilliant uh really yeah. insane and go and start the adventure fund everyone should have an adventure fund um yeah, that's definitely. been fantastic lucy where can people find you social media websites where can they where can they track you down so i'm at lucy underscore fitness and lucyfitness.com um so yeah find me there and i'm more than willing to share any noise that i have or point you in the direction of more of people who like john who have more um more knowledge than I do. No, brilliant. Um, ladies and gentlemen, it's been fantastic. Uh, another knockout show. Um, next week, we're going to welcome on uh, Mark James, who I mentioned briefly from Mad Dog Adventures. Um, those guys are doing, you know, expedition stuff. And I, I think it's really, really cool. And they've got stuff planted in the jungle and Mont Blanc and all these other great places where, where your adventure fund could pay for your first <laughs> epic adventure. And from there, who knows? Um, Lucy, thanks very much for your time. I've really enjoyed speaking to you. Uh, and no doubt we'll see each other on Instagram again. Thanks very much for coming. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. It's been a pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.